Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Cedric Granger. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Today is Thursday, January 18th. We're already rolling into this 2024 year, and we got all types of sports to talk about. The reason I say we is because it's not just me. I'm joined alongside Carl Blaylock. You got some, me some roles here today. Oh, I really yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> um, you really played a role, I should say, in how good this day has been. Well, I mean, when we, when we get Roadhouse roles dropped off, I mean, hey. If there's stuff sitting around the office, there's food sitting around the office, and I'm around, there's no longer food sitting around the office. (laughs) (laughs) Say goodnight to those. See, that's a great way to kick off the show. But today's show should be an interesting one. We start off with a little bit of a college basketball overview first from the top 25 side of things, and then we'll jump in to the Ohio Bobcats side of things. They have a doubleheader between the men's and women's teams um, coming up this Saturday. Then after that, we'll jump into the NFL playoffs where we have some big discussions on what each of these matchups mean to each of these teams. What would a win mean? What would a loss? mean in terms of the narratives of each of these teams that are still alive in the NFL playoffs. Then we'll jump over quickly to the NBA to talk a little bit of Cleveland Cavaliers basketball. They are on a roll right now. (laughs) Speaking of rolls again, uh, they have won six in a row, including a big one over one of the top teams in the entire uh, Eastern Conference in the Milwaukee Bucks. So it is a pretty good one. And then after that, we'll close it off with our hot picks. Yeah, which I've still yet to hit a hot pick yet so far this year. Uh, we did finally get one yesterday. Uh, we had our uh, friend K- uh, Kate Williamson j- guest joined us on here, and, well, they uh, uh, he, he finally got one. So we finally have a sports we finally have a surefire hot pick that hit. I still need one, though. <laughs> I also still need one as well. I haven't gotten to do too many sports fan shows since coming back. Uh, usually having a lot of Athens games here and there. Um, we'll talk a little bit of high school, too, at the end of it. But let's jump in. We got college basketball top 25 action, and there was a lot of it last night, Carl. We look at Wednesday night slate. There was a couple of ranked-on-ranked matchups, and a conference that's been really intriguing to me. I know you're a big fan of your Mountain West. I'm really a big fan of how this Big 12 league is shaping up just because with Texas and Oklahoma still there alongside the new additions that they had, it's become a really interesting basketball conference, and we've seen teams fall down left and right. But yesterday's results did go as expected this time. Oklahoma with the win over West Virginia. Houston with the win over Texas Tech. It seems like the home teams, though, continue to be dominant in that league. Well, I mean, it's one of the toughest basketball leagues in the country, and I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. Um, And I really like what their commissioner, Brett Yormack, has done. As he sat there, he's looked at those super conferences that has been built for the football teams in the Big Ten and the SEC, and he sat there and he gone, you know what? We can do that for basketball, and that's what the Big 12 is. The Big 12 is by far the best basketball conference, 
And I mean, you're even looking, uh, we're looking Tuesday night. We saw Cincinnati upset TCU at home. Like any given team in this league can beat another team. When you have Kansas State over Baylor, yeah. by the way. When yeah. You have, yeah, when you have a 14-team league, and, and I'd say I think, what, 12, 13 members are in the top 100 of the net rankings, that's insane. It is. I mean, it's a stacked conference from top to bottom. I mean, the results from last night, Houston 77, Texas Tech 54. Good bounce back for Houston after they were upset on the road and then Oklahoma with the win over West Virginia. But you have new teams almost every single week rotating into the top 25. Of course, you already have teams like Baylor and Houston who have a high chance at going away with a national championship. Kansas, of course, the Blue Blood, you can never count them out as well, too, alongside teams like Kansas State, who played in the Elite Eight last year. Uh, it's a really talented conference from top to bottom. Some of the other results, uh, UConn over Creighton. UConn, after the crazy week of upsets last week, they're the new number one team, and they were able to hold on. UConn was never losing that game. It was $2 beer night. <laughs> they were never losing that game. No, the fans, I mean, <laughs> they probably packed it out there. You can't beat that. $2 beer night? $2 beer night, yeah. Man, Athens needs to get something like that. <laughs> that would certainly be something. I did see uh, in the student section there were some beers uh, that were being consumed during the game, and it was a little bit raucous over there for that Ohio Eastern or Ohio, I should say, Central Michigan game this past yeah, Tuesday. They got they got the W there, and uh, maybe that home 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 crowds what the Bobcats need. That's exactly what they need, and they do stay at home this Saturday, I guess, while we're on the topic of the Bobcats. They came off of a nice win against Central Michigan. That was one where it kind of seemed like a swing game, where if the Bobcats would have lost that one, you would have fell to 1-4 and four in the conference, would have been in a really tough spot to try to crawl, crawl back up into that top eight. But with a win like this, it seems like the Bobcats are back on track, but they have to up the ante by following that up against Eastern Michigan. Yeah, they, they definitely do. And that, that's not a slouch Eastern Michigan team. They've looked really good throughout the season. They've given a few scares to people. So um, that's going to be a tough game for Ohio. And I think, you know, it's a little bit later in the afternoon. It's the second part of a doubleheader. Um, that, that's going to have to be a game that Eastern Michigan's going to be ready for that game. And you're going to have to look out. I mean, they almost took down... Bowling Green on the road, and then that's tough to do. Uh, they beat Kent State, although you beat Kent State's not as good this year, but they can turn around at any moment, and when they do, look out. They will be tough. The Bobcats, they did fall uh, to Eastern Michigan last season, but no more Amani Bates or anybody like that uh, for the Eagles, but still a very similar caliber team to the Bobcats. But when you're Ohio, you have to win your home games. You got to take care of business at the Convocation Center, and I expect quite a crowd uh, for both the men's game and the women's game, especially, too, when you look at what's on the horizon for the Bobcats after this, you're going to have the back-to-back -back road trip against the Northeast Ohio schools with Akron and Kent State. Akron looking like one of the best teams in the entire conference alongside Toledo, and then Kent State, even though, like you said, not as good as usual, it's still a very tough road test for the Bobcats. So this seems like one where you've got to get this if you're Ohio. You absolutely do. Yeah, and of course with the Bobcats playing mostly small ball, it makes it very difficult to try to find a way to win against a team like Akron that has a great presence in their front court. It definitely it definitely does, and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to step up a little bit. 
uh, when it comes to rebounding especially. I feel like that's something that Ohio's not done an amazing thing at this year. No, not at all. And then also when they do get rebounds, just trying to execute with second-chance opportunities. I know earlier on this season uh, against Marshall, one of the things that really hurt them as well was not converting their offensive rebounds and second-chance opportunities into points. But it seemed like against Central Michigan, one thing I noticed from being there, Bobcats did a fantastic job at finishing at the rim. So when they were going, driving through the lane, they were finishing layups. They were finishing contested shots. Sharif Mitchell, he was really great all throughout the game and not only finishing his layups, but was also fantastic uh, from outside the arc. So just needs that consistency. That's something this Bobcats team is looking for, especially after the loss of A.J. Brown. Absolutely. And it's going to have to be it's got you got to have it from someone and they were able to get it Tuesday night but now you got to back up you got to have consistency now moving back on to the bigger landscape here Carl I know you're a guy who watch a lot of mid-major college basketball is there any main themes that you're seeing uh, whether that's from the Mountain West or any other group of five conferences I think you look at the Mountain West right now and the home team is key but uh, I think it's a six-bid league right now, maybe even a seven-bid league. You've got Utah State is one of the best teams in the country. Then they go to New Mexico, get destroyed by New Mexico. Same thing with San Diego State. San Diego State, one of the best teams in the country. They go to the pit. They die in the pit. Uh, I mean, New Mexico is on an absolute hot tear right now, and they're undefeated at home. In fact, they're Utah State undefeated at home. San Diego State, undefeated at home. Boise State just lost their first home game this week. They lost it to UNLV. I mean, you've got Nevada, 9-1 and at home. Colorado State, 9-1 and at home. These are some really, really good teams. Uh, and it's got to be a dogfight about every single night. Wyoming can still give a shout to some of these teams. UNLV is very good. Uh, San Jose State can give a shout. Uh, and as can Air Force as well. So it's going to be very interesting because I really think that we could see, more than likely we're only going to see six. But when you're looking at the top of this conference and seeing the results that you are, I mean, you're seeing Utah State get blown out at on the road at New Mexico. New Mexico should be ranked next week. Uh, San Diego State's look good. Boise State's look good. Nevada's look good. Colorado State looked incredible they've dropped a few games here in the beginning of conference play I mean every single night you're gonna want to watch Mountain West basketball because it's it's that good and there's that many good teams I really think it's the best conference on the West Coast this year especially with I mean you're looking at the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 you've got Arizona and what else Oregon's decent i guess washington state's having a good year i believe too they they are they are they're having a solid year but i i you compare that to the mountain west and i I really think the mountain west is looking a lot better in the west coast conference we might see a year without gonzaga for the first time i i think i think they've made the tournament every year since 99 yeah that'd be wild to not have them in the tournament but Again, what you were saying about the Mountain West, it makes you think about in the big picture, the landscape of college basketball, where does this conference rank? And you're like, hey, it's better than the Pac-12. It's Big Ten, there's an argument. I think it has more depth, at least more quality teams maybe. That's what I should say. Yeah, I I would agree it has more quality. I think it does have a a little bit more quality teams than the Big Ten. The Big Ten's got the better teams, so they're still the better conference. I mean, you still got Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois, and Northwestern, I think, are still – 
above what the Mountain West level is. But I do think that, you know, once you get down to like Penn State, uh, even Nebraska a little bit. Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah, no kidding. Ohio State, Michigan State. Um, Michigan too. They've been yeah. Really Michigan's look terrible as well. I I I don't think that Juwan Howard really has control of that program. When and Ohio State lost to them, so that's yeah, crazy to think it, about. Too. It, it, it's not great, but I really think that you got the Big Twelve at the moment is the best. Then you got the Big East, ACC, SC. The SEC actually is above the ACC this year. I'd say the SEC, um, Big Ten, ACC. Mountain West and the ACC and Mountain West are close. The ACC does get some points this year because um, they aren't very deep, but they do have a lot of top end. Same thing as the Big Ten, where they might don't have very many quality teams, but the quality teams they do have. Duke is still very good this year. North Carolina is probably the best they've been uh, in the regular season for about the last six or seven years. So. Um, yeah, Clemson's been pretty good this Clemson's season. Clemson's been as well. good as well. I mean, there's been a few teams they've had kind of rotating at the bottom. They'll probably end up with about six teams in, in the tournament. But I, I think that the ACC is very good as well. But n- nothing's touching the Big 12. When you look at the Big 12 and you have really two teams out of the 14 that you can sit there and not make a case for to make the tournament in Mountain, uh, the West Virginia Mountaineers, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, everybody else. Everybody else is has 12 or more wins, or excuse me, 11 or more wins. UCF has 11, and they just beat Texas. Kansas at home. And Texas, you're right. They beat uh, Texas last night, too. Yep. So, I mean, Texas, when Texas is 13th in the league at 12-5, and five, you have a very, very good league. It is. I mean, you just go from top to bottom. It's ridiculous. Houston's the number five team in the country. They're sitting in the middle of the pack in that league right now. Iowa State, top 25. Oklahoma, top 25. TCU, just got upset by UC, top 25. BYU, also a really good season, keeping their momentum up from last year, even into a new conference in the Big 12. They still are looking very solid. Of course, Baylor, a top 10 team, but did just fall to Kansas State, who's above them in the standings. Kansas, 3-1 uh, and one in the league. And then Texas Tech, who just finally took their first loss on the road at Houston. It's another league where you're seeing the paradigm play out very similarly to what you see in the Mountain West, where the home teams are dominant. You're seeing games where you might call it an upset, but it really isn't. It's just how these leagues work when you're going on the road. And I really think that it's something across all of college basketball. And, you know, maybe we didn't quite have that uh, right after COVID, and we're really getting it now. But, like, it is hard to play on the road, especially when we talked about the $2 beer night last night in the Big East with UConn, number one UConn. First time they've been regular season number one since 2009 and you're taking those Yukon Huskies if you're Creighton you have to sit there listen to the raucous crowd that's been camping out there for the last three days all of them sitting there you know with however many the limit is for those two dollar beers that's impossible to play in that's impossible as a road team it's hard to play in environments like that. And you're seeing that, you know, when's the last time that there's not very often that you see like Purdue lose in Mackey. You know, when you have those home environments, it, it's hard to top them. It certainly is. If you want to take a guess, like if you look at the top 10 of the Big 12, how good do you think their home record is? They played 94 home games in that top 10 of the 14 Big 12 teams. What would you say the your guess of the record is? Well, I've got it right up in front of me. I've got it right up in front of me. 
Uh, you got Texas Tech's undefeated at home. Kansas is undefeated at home. Baylor's undefeated at home. Uh, TCU's undefeated at home. Oklahoma's undefeated at home. Iowa State is undefeated at home. Houston is undefeated at home. Um, you got Kansas State, Cincinnati, BYU, all with just one loss at home. Like it, it, it's yep, ninety-one and insane. three combined. Ninety-one and three as home teams. Uh, so that, again, that's going to be a really compelling conference where every night is must-see TV in the Big Twelve. It's almost guaranteed you have a top twenty-five matchup or at least um, a net top fifty matchup. I mean. Just in terms of Saturday's matchups, you're going to have Oklahoma at UC. That's a really interesting game and could be back-to-back upset opportunities for the Bearcats. you got Baylor at Texas in that rivalry game. And then you have Iowa State at TCU, uh, BYU at Texas Tech. And those are just, like, really good. Four great games already right there. Oh, I mean, and you look, I think the two, because how am I, when I'm sitting down and watching college basketball, how my viewing goes, I watch the Big East then the Big 12, then the Mountain West. Because, I mean, you look, you got Marquette at St. John's on Saturday. That's a great game. Uh, Baylor at Texas. That's going to be a good game. Um, You got Boise State uh, hosting San Diego State. That's on network TV again. We've got network Mountain West on on CBS. Um, UCF at Houston. You know, who who knows what can happen there. And when you have... And especially when you have um, teams going on the road, like number three, Kansas, is traveling to West Virginia. West Virginia's not looked good this year. In fact, they've been downright terrible. But road games in the Big 12, they're still tough to win, even if it is somebody as bad as West Virginia. It is. And if you want to win the league, you cannot afford to drop a game like that. You just, like, straight up cannot. You can't drop a game like that. Whoever does is going to fall out of the race instantly in that Okay, so Big 12, very compelling. It's great to kind of get a little insight of how you prioritize in college basketball. I know one game you probably won't be prioritizing is Ohio State. Despite the 12-5 and record, they've been very disappointing as it seems like it's the same thing every single January. And I think this is a good way to end off our college basketball segment. But looking at the next five, it's hard for me to believe Ohio State can win any of these next five games. And for everybody listening at home, Penn State who's had Ohio State's number is the Buckeyes' next opponent. Then they're at Nebraska, at Northwestern, and a brutal back-to-back that Purdue was not even able to survive um, and their schedule when they went at Northwestern, at Nebraska. Then Ohio State hosts number 14 Illinois and follows that up with a road trip to Iowa City. So it's really tricky for the Buckeyes going forward. It's really hard for me to believe they can win any of these games or at least not go any better than 1-4. and four. The question is, can they shoot the ball? And a lot of the time this year, it's been no. no. Three for 25 against Michigan is Ohio State's shooting percentage from the three-point line. Yeah, you got to make threes in this era. And, I mean, really consistently, we've only had about two players that have really stood out scoring-wise this year. I mean, you got Bruce Thornton, but even, even Thornton lately has not looked that great. Jamison Battle's been great. Roddy Gale Jr. is averaging 14 points a game, but that he's had like 20. I mean, he had a lot of games with 20 in the non-conference, 20, 25, and now he's kind of having a nosedive. He's not looked good the last few weeks. And it's frustrating. You need more Zed Key. You need more Felix Agpara. And we're not seeing those players step up. Um, you can't rely on just Thornton, Battle, and Gale 
to win you games. You need to have that depth of scoring, and that's something that the Buckeyes don't have right now. It is, and it also just hurts in trying to find guys where you can depend on people to score late in the game. Because one of the areas where I feel like Ohio State's been at their weakest has been late-game scenarios, late-game situations. We look at just the last couple of games, for example, against Michigan. They had a late lead. Wisconsin, they were right there in it. Indiana, on the road, they were right there in it. And then Rutgers, they had a big lead in that game before the Scarlet Knights came back to make it close before the Buckeyes did ultimately win. But in those last three games, they were right there in it and just could not outplay the opponent, even when at home, when they had opportunities to. They just were not able to find their offense in that final two minutes, Carl. And because you sit there and when you have all these timeouts to draw up set defensive plays and you only have about two or three players who can score the ball, it's pretty easy to sit there and have them focus on those two or three players, and then, you know, oh, you could try to throw it to somebody else, and it, it just doesn't work. You know, you can try to throw it down to Agpara. If he can't make a, a, a mid-range jumper, then he's not going to get guarded. We're going to have double teams against the people who can't actually shoot the ball lately, and... And that's what's happening at the end of these games. And for Ohio State right now, they just, it, it's frustrating. And I think it's its something to where I think you're seeing Chris Holtman's seat get hotter and hotter as we go throughout the season because this is something that we've seen in the last few years. We need to have that depth of scoring. We're not getting that depth of scoring. And it, it's, it's not great. And so if we can get, Zed Key to start being more consistent and getting more than 10 points a game. Um, if we can get Agpara to get more than 7 points a game. Because when you only have 6 players that are averaging more than 5 points a game, that that's just not it. No, not in a conference like this. And for the Buckeyes, they also have to try to figure out ways to win on the road. They have not won a conference road game in over a year. So that's something that certainly needs to change for the Buckeyes, or this could be the end for Coach Holtman in Columbus. I also think, too, the interest in Ohio State basketball has really waned for a lot of Buckeye fans over the last couple of years, which is really unfortunate, especially given the way that we grew up, Carl, that mm-hmm. in the Thad Mata era, the Buckeyes were in the tournament every single year, and there was a lot of excitement and buzz around Ohio State basketball, especially after Ohio State football ended. But you just don't really have that same buzz uh, for the Buckeyes, at least in my opinion, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, you just don't because people aren't going to sit there and – pay attention when you have the same thing happen every single year once you hit conference play where the Buckeyes, no matter how good they've looked, they have some good wins this year over Alabama. You, you were played it close against Texas A&M. And, you know, to just get to a point to where we're in January and we're having a conversation again about how the Buckeyes have must-win games, you know, how they haven't won a road conference game in an entire year. Uh, it's just not worth people's time. It's just not. Well, that leads us to our first break. When we come back, we'll move from the hardwood to the gridiron to talk a little bit about the AFC and NFC Divisional Round. You're listening to the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Imagine it's the final game of the season, but your symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC are making a comeback. What should you do? 
Keep managing your constipation with belly pain the same old way? Or try getting ahead of your symptoms by talking to your doctor about Linzess, linaclotide. Linzess is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. It's not a laxative. It's a once-daily pill that helps you get ahead of your symptoms. It's proven to help you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Imagine, what could relief from IBSC mean for you? Talk to your doctor and say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. The new year is the perfect time to make some positive changes for your body and your health. If you've been enjoying a little too much food, too many sweets, and too much liquid cheer over the holidays, then you've probably put a lot of stress on your liver. A great way to show your liver some love and to detox your system is simply adding active liver to your daily routine. Active liver is one of many award-winning natural health products from New Nordic, the number one supplier of dietary supplements in Scandinavia. Available as a tablet or delicious gummy, active liver is an easy and effective way to keep your liver healthy and functioning properly all year long. You ask a lot of your liver, so give it the support it needs with Active Liver. You can find Active Liver at Amazon.com, or for a volume discount, visit NewNordicUSA.com. Go to NewNordicUSA.com, Amazon, or ask for Active Liver at your local CVS. New Year, New You, New Nordic. Tired of your criminal record keeping you from a better job or apartment? Opportunity Court can help you seal your record. I kept losing out on jobs and housing when my criminal record came up. Then I got my record sealed through Opportunity Court. You can do it all on your phone and the process is free. Why wait? Now it's your turn. Go to OpportunityPort.org to learn more. Sponsored by Opportunity Port in cooperation with OAB and this station. Welcome back to the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Cedric Granger and Carl Blaylock here, and we are jumping into the divisional playoffs. Ravens, Texans, 49ers, Packers, Buccaneers, Lions, Chiefs, Bills. We got some great showdowns on our hand, Carl. There's going to be some really good games. And I, I, I mean, you're looking at this divisional round, and I really think that anything can happen in it. I mean, you've got... Teams this year that have looked absolutely untouchable in the Ravens and the 49ers, and they're playing teams that are probably the two hottest teams in the NFL right now, and the Houston Texans and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, we saw what Houston did to Cleveland last Saturday. Did not expect that. That was an absolute blowout. And it wasn't just the offense. You knew the offense was good. But it's the defense as well that stepped up and made big plays. And albeit, that was against Joe Flacco turning into a pumpkin. <laughs> but with the Ravens track record in the playoffs, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And, and the fact that the spread in this game is Baltimore favored by nine is insane to me. I think this is a very, very tight nip and tuck game that the Ravens if they win win it barely I I think if it's a really offensive slugfest 
I, I don't know what happens. I, I could see it a lot being like that Rams Rams game. game. I've been telling people yeah. that I feel the exact same way as I did right before the Rams uh, game. As a person, as a Ravens fan, I was like, okay, it's about a 60-40 type game where we should win, but it seems like if they really play well and they play their game, we're going to lose. And that was a game where, again, I was at the edge of my seat, one of the best games all season. But Ravens were also pretty fortunate to get out of there with the win. It was some really clutch plays by Lamar down the stretch to lead a go-ahead drive and then also convert the two-point conversion so that instead of Rams winning with the game-winning field goal, it resulted in overtime. And then the Ravens had the crazy punt return by Tylen Wallace to win. Um, Baltimore and Houston, they have played each other earlier this season. That was way back in week one, beginning of the season, 25-9. to win for Baltimore a little score got me there in week one um I didn't even remember that yep I will say though the uh Texans they actually played the Ravens pretty well in that game Lamar Jackson was held to under 200 yards passing in that game 161 yards and an interception and was sacked a couple of times as well and I think the Texans defense they have the speed rushers including guys like Will Anderson uh that could really give the Ravens some issues especially when if Lamar can sit back in the pocket, he's going to destroy you. But if you can get some good pass rush, that could help shut down and frustrate the offense. Absolutely. And I think the key is going to be, the marker is going to be, can Lamar throw for more than 250 yards? That's the marker. If he throws for more than 250 yards, I think the Ravens win this game. I think that means the Ravens offense is clicking. If he doesn't, I think Houston wins this game. Depends. If the Ravens do establish a good run game like they did the last time against Houston, that also may be a part of it where it might have to be Lamar 250 total yards because if he goes back to a lot more running the football, and you get the full rushing attack going and they rattle off 200 yards, they can make something happen. Especially, look, look what the Colts did on the ground. Now, Houston, they have been a really great unit against the run throughout the majority but of the they season. But they have not faced a mobile quarterback. And you know, when's the last time that they played a mobile quarterback uh, this season? I mean, they played, let's see here. Uh, you're going back. I mean, they played Anthony Richardson, and Richardson tore him up in the drive and a half that he played. That's right. And I wouldn't be surprised if the training wheels are more off, where in the regular season they didn't run Lamar nearly as much as they've done in the past. But now that it's the playoffs, they might use that wrinkle a little bit more on their offense, especially if it comes down to you know must-win games. I would still say it'd have to be about 300, 300, about 300 total yards for Lamar. I, I think 250, uh, 250 passing. Uh, yeah, at 50 rushing yards, I think 300 yeah. would be it. Because, I mean, you're looking at Houston. I mean. Yeah, no Marlon Humphrey in this game more than likely, ooh. too, for the Ravens. That is a huge loss for Baltimore, but also Houston. No Noah Brown in this game. So big cogs of passing games and pass defense are going to be out for this matchup. But C.J. Stroud, it doesn't matter who's been at wide receiver, who's missing. He's been missing. Tank Dell is top guy for a while. Nico Collins has really risen to be that top guy. Um, in response to that, also, they've been getting some great uh, mileage out of their tight ends. And I think it's really been an explosive attack for Houston. you got a guy like Devin Singletary, who's been in the playoffs quite a bit mm-hmm. as a member of the Buffalo Bills. So he knows all about that from an experience standpoint. And I think it should be a really interesting matchup seeing Houston's offense against Mike McDonald's defense of the Ravens, who have done a great job of shutting down the biggest offenses in the NFL, including shutting down the 49ers. Speaking of the 49ers, uh, Packers 49ers, divisional round, 8-15, it's on Fox, it's a Saturday night game. 
there are so many parallels of this game back to the 2021 divisional. You have the Packers who are and only it's roles reversed. You have the 49 the 49ers back then. They were a really good team. They're you know streaking through the playoffs, looking really good. But you're thinking there's no way that they can beat Green Bay, you know, and you're seeing the opposite of that. Green Bay's the young upshots that are storming through the playoffs, taking on San Francisco. Certainly, San Francisco isn't going to lose this game. Um, this might be the best game of the weekend, truthfully. I mean, Texans-Ravens will be pretty good. And so will Chiefs-Bills. Yeah, I think every game is actually going to be a banger this week. And unlike last week, I think Super Wild Card Weekend was not so super, given the results of a lot of the games, a lot of uncompetitive battles aside from the Lions and Rams game. This week, I think it's going to be the opposite. There's going to be a lot of razor thin games where the margin is going to be very slim between the two teams. And I think the Packers, another team that's they're young, they're confident coming in on the road with house money. And I think that's a really dangerous position to be in, especially if you're a one seed hosting your first playoff game. You might be a little rusty after essentially having two bye weeks because the 49ers bench starters in the last week of the year. So did the Ravens. So you kind of have that aspect where you got to get back in playing shape while you have two teams that are looking super sharp and have all the confidence in the world. Yeah, and I I don't know about the 49ers because – they weren't looking incredible towards the end of the season. I mean, you had them get embarrassed by the Ravens on Christmas night. Um, you know, you, you you beat the Commanders, but it's the Commanders. They didn't look sharp in that game either. And they gave up 29 points to the Cardinals. Um, you know, they... I, I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see... What team comes out, I could definitely see this being one of those games where the Packers just play kind of slow and end up losing this game. Could be. I mean, Green Bay, when you have the youngest team in the NFL, there's a lot of inconsistency. 49ers, I can feel them having, they have playoff experience, of course. And then on top of that, they're in a situation where last year injuries was the thing that derailed them, and that's something that could be a big-time driving force uh, for this team going into it, where now your team is relatively healthy compared to the past years, and you get a chance to really prove yourselves. You're at home, a place where the 49ers have been pretty good team, only two losses there um, to my I guess three if you count the Week 18 bench starters loss uh, to the Rams, but they've been a pretty good home team. And I think they'll be a tough out for Green Bay. But I wouldn't be surprised the Packers kept it close as well, too. I think both teams cover the spreads. I think if this is a close game, if this is a close, it's either going to be 49ers win by 14 or the Packers win by two. I, I really think that's uh, what it'll end up being. I, I, I don't. You see the same thing with the Ravens-Texans, too? I'm not. No, I think that one's going to be close either way. Um, I, I think Houston's been a lot more consistent throughout the year. Um, I, I, I think that, like, I, I don't think Baltimore covers. I, I could see Baltimore where they end up winning by about seven or eight, and they, you know, kind of like what we saw with the Bills Steelers game, where it what never really felt like it was in doubt. It was in doubt, but it's still close. That's about the. Order I see 
of Ravens-Texans. Yeah, it could be very similar to the last Ravens-Texans playoff game, actually. Um, the year before the Ravens won the Super Bowl, 2011-2012, a 20-13 win for Baltimore against T.J. Yates in the Houston Texans that year. <laughs> T.J. Yates. I remember watching that game, yeah. T.J. Yates. <laughs> Ed Reed had I an interception in that game. That. Yeah, Jacoby Jones. <laughs> funny enough, Jacoby Jones, who ended up being a hero for the Ravens the next year on their Super Bowl run, actually muffed a punt in that game against uh, the Ravens, which helped Baltimore secure that very close 20-13 to win before they would go on to lose to the Patriots in the next round off of a missed field goal by Billy Cundiff. But oh, it's just Billy interesting Cundiff to kind of think uh, back mm-hmm. at some of the playoff history between uh, yeah. Ravens, Texans, and we go back to the Packers 49ers. There's playoff history oh, all over the place. There's plenty of playoff history for that. Everyone remembers that snow game. <laughs> 13-10, where the special teams cost the Packers the game in that one. Yeah. Missed field goal, blocked punt, returned for a touch. That was the only touchdown for San Francisco in that game. San Francisco is very quickly becoming the Green Bay Packers of the 2020s. You look at the 2010 Packers and about every single year, what, they made like six NFC championship games throughout the decade, and they won only one of them. Um, I feel like we're starting to get there for for the San Francisco 49ers. What, they made the Super Bowl, they lost in 2020, and now you're looking at a team that's made it in back-to-back years. Lost both. Uh, in 21 and 22, they lost both, albeit last year they lost because, well, what you no going to do? QBs. You didn't have a QB, but I... I feel like if the 49ers lose this game, they are going to start getting that legacy. Uh, and it's a legacy that Kyle Shanahan has continued to get. It's followed him from Atlanta of him being a playoff choker. I think that's what's most on the line for Saturday in terms of legacies. If the Ravens, if they lose their game, they're going to be labeled as that team, even if they get the number one seed, perennial playoff chokers, where they'd be the second time where they've earned a number one seed and they've been eliminated in the first round, or at least the first round that they've played in. Um, And if the 49ers, if they lose this game, it's kind of a similar thing. While you have teams like Houston and Green Bay, you don't have much to lose right now. So right now you're kind of playing with that, as I said, house money. You're just trying to see how far you're going to get this season where each fan base didn't have high expectations, especially for their new quarterbacks uh, with C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love, respectively, for Houston and Green Bay. But now you have an opportunity to really go after it. Ryan reminds me a lot of the Bengals uh, 2022 season a bit. Both of these teams can kind of replicate that uh, in this playoff atmosphere. But we'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about Sunday's games. Reminder, the Texans-Ravens is at 4.30 on Saturday. Packers-49ers, 8.15 on Saturday. we come back, we'll talk Bucks-Lions, Chiefs-Bills here on The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's the 6th annual Polar Bear Plunge on February 10th at 10 a.m. Teams and individuals will be assigned a time at Lake Snowden in Albany. If you want to take that icy dip, be a plunger for only $40. If you're too chicken for the dip, you can dip a toe for only $25. If you're 5 to 15 years old, you can do the peewee plunge for $15. And if you have a team of 10 plungers, it is $300. Register at www.athenscbdd.org slash polar 
Polar Bear Plunge 2024 or in person at VFW Post 9893 at 3025 Dixon Road in Albany. For questions, contact Brian Johnson at 740-856-9404. The registration deadline is by January 31st to get a t-shirt or register up to the day of the event. All proceeds go to the Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities. The Cool Spot Country Market, State Route 7 in Tupper's Plains, home of the daily hot case menu, featuring an assortment of mouth-watering home-cooked favorites. The Cool Spot Country Market Bakery, your source of freshly baked confections like donuts, cakes, and pies. The Cool Spot Country Market Deli, with freshly sliced quality lunch meats and cheeses. Order a platter today for your next party or gathering. The Cool Spot Country Market, 41670 State Route 7 in Tupper's Plains, 740-846-0000. Who are the people that serve part-time in the Ohio Army National Guard? We are your neighbors and friends. We are your sons and daughters. Our service is providing us valuable job skills, and it pays up to 100% of our tuition. We're proud to serve our state. We are your Ohio Army National Guard. Learn more about part-time service with the Ohio Army National Guard at nationalguard.com oh. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome back to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Alongside Carl Blaylock, I'm Cedric Granger, and we're jumping into playoff matchups. We talked about Saturday. Let's move to Sunday. That's the real day NFL should be played. Buccaneers and Lions, Chiefs at Bills. We'll start off with some of the newcomers right here, the Detroit Lions. They just won their first playoff game of this millennium. Yeah, and it puts the Reds in on the snide for the uh longest uh, time without uh, advancing on a playoff round but yeah. uh, but for, not winning a playoff game though they did win one they did win that well they won two and they yeah. should have won a third against San Francisco and then they just never could win at home in 2012 um anyways looking at at, at this one I, you look the first time the Lions were absolutely beat up and they beat the Buccaneers by 14 and the Buccaneers are rounding more into form in the last few weeks but I I just I don't see them winning this game. I, I don't see the Lions losing this game. You're gonna have all the momentum in the world. Uh Tampa Bay's really not that good. Um and going up, the only thing I will say is Detroit's secondary is a little beat up. I could see if this ends up being a shootout. I could see an issue um, where Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield carve up the Lions a bit, but I, I just I, I don't see that happening a ton. Yeah, as long as they tackle well, which against the Eagles, the thing the Buccaneers took advantage of the most is the Eagles' defensive back could not tackle. Well, the, the Eagles, the Eagles were actively imploding. Yes, and I'm stunned that Nick Sirianni has kept his job. It's been that bad in Philadelphia. So, uh, when you have the equivalent of the, uh, you have the equivalent of the 2020 Steelers, and you beat them in the wild card round, that's not that impressive. 
No, and I don't think the Buccaneers are, especially for the Lions, I think you couldn't have asked for a, a better playoff matchup in this situation than the Bucks slash Eagles opportunity there with the Packers winning their, um, they were the lowest seed, and that meant they automatically got to play the 49ers. But if you're the Lions, I would have rather played the Bucks or the Eagles than what the Packers are right now. And they get the Buccaneers, they get them at home. I think this is a favorable matchup for Detroit, and I think they keep up their momentum. And this is a game where, you're not putting yourself in a position just to be one win away from a Super Bowl appearance. And who would have thought the Detroit Lions would be saying that here in the 2020s? That's something that is really special. But you got to take care of business. The Buccaneers, they've earned their opportunity to be here. Baker has been playing fairly well over the last five to six weeks. He's has a pretty good playoff record now, too, all of a sudden. So why not? Good. Could be interesting. I, I, still, think, I still think the Lions win. Yeah, I think the Lions win as well. Now here we go. The one that you've all been waiting for is the Chiefs and the Bills, the Tony Romo slash Chris Collinsworth Bowl, whatever you want to say. Mahomes versus uh, Josh Allen, and what's sure to be quite, quite the atmosphere. I think it's going to be a little toxic between these two teams that have met each other in the playoffs multiple times, and the Chiefs have won every single playoff matchup uh, between uh, the Chiefs and Bills has gone in the way of Mahomes and the Chiefs. Taylor Swift, you got the Buffalo Bills crowd. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in the the snow. It's the first road road playoff game. Yeah, Yeah, I'm so happy for that because if the Bills got upset by the Steelers, I was concerned about that. I think they were going to have a situation where the Chiefs were going to have to once again get a home playoff game and then the Ravens, watch the Ravens get upset by the Steelers and then they get the AFC championship again. But this one is huge. Both teams have shown cracks this year. And, And I even look at the Bills. The Bills didn't look that impressive uh, against they they didn't they didn't look that impressive yeah. against the Steelers, and, and that's where the Chiefs did. The Chiefs looked very impressive, and albeit yes, it was against the Dolphins in cold weather. Yeah, that's they're allergic to the cold like but, me. But and you know it was almost sub zero. But I mean you're looking at it, and, and I, it's still impressive to completely shut down that offense the way that Kansas City did. And I, I feel like they have the athletes to where they can do that against the Bills and. Kansas City's kind of starting to get hot at the right time. Again, I I think that they win this game. It would be brutal for Buffalo to fall to Kansas City again. This would be the... It would be third or fourth time. I believe this is the third meeting. Fourth time. Fourth time. Okay, yeah, a couple AFC championships in a row. And then, well, it was one AFC championship, one AFC divisional, and then another divisional, if I recall right. Those are the least of three I I remember. Because there's a 38-9... 38-9. And then there was the crazy OT game. Oh, the this is only the third. Yeah, this is the third. This is only this is the third. third. And then finally, this is the first one that's in Buffalo. I think this is a big part of Josh Allen's legacy here, too. If he loses to Mahomes a third time, um, it just becomes almost that Tom Brady effect where it just seems no matter what the record is for Kansas City, they just are the overlords of the AFC, and they continue to find ways to win. And if you're Buffalo, it's your this is your best chance. It really is. You can't ask for better. You're at home finally. You finally did what you had to do in the regular season. Speaking of the regular season, the Bills have been on a hot streak against Kansas City in the regular season. They've beaten them a couple times in a row now, two years in a row. And now mm-hmm. they earned an opportunity at home to take on the Chiefs in a year where they're down, a year where their offense hasn't played well. This seems like this is the perfect opportunity if you are Buffalo to take down Kansas City. And it's one where... I don't know. It's just going to be a lot on the line here today. And these are games where 
I think the Buffalo Bills have a lot more star power on offense. I think their offense is a lot better, but the Chiefs' defense is highly underrated. They have been fantastic at shutting down opponent after opponent after opponent to keep their offense in the game. Their kicking and special teams has been great where they can just continue to stack field goals on you. The Bengals, they saw that happen to them where the defense for the Chiefs shut them out in the second half and they just stack field goals on you, stack that lead slowly. You know, honestly, I mean, the only time that the Chiefs have really looked terrible is when they've made mistakes offensively. Uh, I mean, you look, you look at the Lions game. Yeah. Raiders game too. The Raiders game, um, Broncos. Yep. Bills game. Even the Bills game. They would have won the Bills game if it wasn't for the fact that they they, they messed up offensively. Same thing yep. with the Eagles. Mostly the wide receivers dropping passes at uh, inopportune times. So you think yeah, if the Chiefs can get the running game going, which I think the Steelers at times had a pretty solid running yeah, attack. I, I think they I, were getting if, yeah, if going. They, if, and if you can do that with Najee Harris, you can do it with Isaiah Pacheco. Do that with Isaiah Pacheco. So I think as long as the Chiefs' offense doesn't get in their own way, they win this game. Yeah, I think uh, this is the time I disagree. I think the Buffalo Bills, this is their time to get the win over the Chiefs. I think this is finally the perfect storm. There might actually be a legit storm. I don't know if there'll be as much snow as last week, but I think this is just the perfect opportunity for the Bills to get it done. I think it's a big game and a step for Josh Allen's legacy. It could be, but we'll see. We shall see. We'll take one last break. When we come back, we'll do hot picks. We'll talk maybe a little bit about the Cleveland Cavaliers and whatever else is on our mind in the world of sports. You listen to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Tune in Friday night for the Athens County Game of the Week on Pure Rock 105. Federal Hawking looks to stay alive in the TVC Hawking title race, but to do that, the Lancers will have to win on the road at Waterford. Coverage will start around 7 p.m. Friday night. The Athens County Game of the Week is brought to you by Wendy's, Stop and Cup, Integrated Services, Donato's, Rio Grande Meg Center, Hometown Elite Heating and Cooling, Rick's Auto and Tire, and Reed and Bauer Insurance Agency. It's the Lancers and the Wildcats. Friday night on the Athens County Game of the Week, only on Pure Rock 105. It's the 6th annual Polar Bear Plunge on February 10th at 10 a.m. Teams and individuals will be assigned a time at Lake Snowden in Albany. If you want to take that icy dip, be a plunger for only $40. If you're too chicken for the dip, you can dip a toe for only $25. If you're 5 to 15 years old, you can do the peewee plunge for $15. And if you have a team of 10 plungers, it is $300. Register at www.athenscbdd.org slash polar bear plunge 2024 or in person at vfw coast 9893 at 3025 dixon road in albany for questions contact brian johnson at 740-856-9404 the registration deadline is by january 31st to get a t-shirt or register up to the day of the event all proceeds go to the athens county board of developmental disabilities 
From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Welcome back to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's Hot Picks time with Cedric Granger and Carl Blaylock. Carl, you can take the honors. So, I still haven't gotten one, and I think I'm going to get one tonight. Uh, Illinois plays Michigan. The Illini, they're a little bit shorthanded. Obviously, one of their stars had to step away from the program due to some troubling allegations uh, that he's got to work through. But... Two and a half against Michigan, a Michigan team that's looked terrible this year, and it took Ohio State shooting three for 25 to lose to. Illinois is going to make more than five threes tonight, and they're going to win this game by more than three. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pick there. I'm actually going to go to Memphis. I think they win by more than nine and a half over South Florida. This is a team where they've had some close home games. They won in overtime only by six against UTSA, only one by three against SMU. But in their most recent matchup against Wichita State, they looked a lot sharper winning that game by over 20 points. And I think they win by over 10 against the USF Bulls. I think it's a... Memphis team that's had some interesting matches. They've survived in a three out of their last four games, but they also have some pretty impressive wins. We think of that Virginia game that they had earlier, where they smoked yeah. Virginia. They also beat Clemson, uh, beat Texas A and M too. That, so I mean, that's a fun wins. that's a fun game to have on network ESPN. South Florida's kind of quietly been pretty good this year. Nine and five, two and one in the American. They're a solid team. That's gonna that's gonna they be are. that's gonna be interesting to watch. Yeah, Memphis will definitely have to bring their A game to be able to cover the spread any other things that have really stood out to you uh just on either the sports that are on right now tonight or just what's coming up this weekend or what's coming up on maybe the sports fan show tomorrow potentially if we have no games well uh, yeah if, if we don't have any games i'm going to broadcast it from my couch more than likely uh, <laughs> i mean stay safe during the center, uh, winter weather i mean uh for me personally i mean i i'm very glad i'm a college student and can walk everywhere um but Enjoy the football. I mean, I really think that this divisional weekend could very easily shape up same way we saw the divisional weekend in 2021. And if it does, that's that's going to be really fun to watch. It sure will. I mean, as a Ravens fan, I'm praying that the Ravens can find a way to win a playoff game, go back to the AFC Championship for the first time since I was in the fifth grade. But who knows? I know a lot of people at home, a lot of Bengals fans don't want to see the Ravens do that. But either way, it should be an entertaining week for some NFL football, maybe some high school basketball tomorrow. We can only hope about that. But that's all we have here from our studio here on Columbus Road. It was the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. He's Carl Blaylock. I'm Cedric Granger. Wish you a goodbye. Stay safe in the winter weather.
Broadcasting from our Columbus Road studios and online for the world. This is Mix 97.3 FM and 970 WATH Athens, a total media station.